Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, former Cavs employee, Cavs insider, Cameron Carlin. Cameron, what is up, man? How are you doing, man? Just trying to stay warm, you know? Doing great. Know that for sure. We recorded one episode in December, December 15th, and uh, this is our second episode a month later. We, we got through the holiday, the new year, and then working out our schedules. So it's, it's great to kind of get back on the saddle again and get back on the break with you, buddy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But hopefully uh, our Cavs can figure it out too because um, – it's been a struggle as of late, let's yeah, th- say the least. Well, let's jump right into it. Last night was uh, one of the marquee games of the year. The uh, Warriors came to uh, the Quicken Loans Arena, um, and uh, the Cavs lost to the Warriors. Uh, Cameron, what are some of your rapid reactions to that game? Well, immediately I was – I mean, all day it's – you know, they, the Cavs had lost – I think, what, eight, 8 of 11 or something like that. I think 8 of 11 going into last night. After winning 19 out of 21, the Warriors have won 13 straight road games, and they're coming back with their full team. Curry's back. Clay, Draymond, and Durant, they're all playing. Expectations last night weren't too um, too high from the get-go, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But right away, you just got to – again, I always go to this, but LeBron is unreal. I mean, he the, he just – he sets the tone for pretty much any game he plays, and you know who's the best guy out there with – watching the first five minutes of the game and I mean the team was right with them you know you, you should have won the game you're winning by seven at halftime and I mean even with losing the lead going into the fourth quarter you're still right with them but mm-hmm. you just can't have a shooting stretch of it, at one point with six minutes left in the fourth they were one for 15 in the fourth quarter you can't do that against any team let alone the Golden State Warriors one of the best teams of all time 17 points in the fourth quarter and uh 61 to 44 second half that's just it's bad recipe for that team. Yeah, honestly, it felt like to the Warriors, uh, we were just another team to them. Um, yeah. It honestly felt like they were kind of letting us strut our stuff the first half. And then like, it's even weird to say against – like they actually tried the last couple quarters. And right. Um, right. I, that's just the nature of the beast. Man. They have that thing so well-oiled and rocking and rolling. It's, uh, it, it's kind of – super intimidating knowing that they have these guys for the next couple of years and they're just going to yeah. get better for, for us. And I mean, pretty much any team to compete with them, you have to like really like get at them when they're down. Yeah. Like once you, once, once you get a lead on them, the Cavs are up seven at halftime. You can't feel good about that. That's when you need to focus that much more because seven points for them, you see it. Ty Lue called the timeout after the Cavs were up nine. Clay Thompson comes out, hits two three-pointers in a row. That's all of a sudden it's a one-possession game. They score yep. six points in 20 seconds. It doesn't mm-hmm. – a yep. seven-point lead is nothing to them. You yep. need to stretch it to 14, then 21. And then even at 21, you got to stretch it again because yep. they're always coming. Yep. Um, you know, you have to play a perfect game against them. Your bench has to outscore them. You have to close out. You have to dominate the boards. You have to win the time possession. You have to limit their possession. Like, you, you just literally have to play – a right. perfect game. Um, you can't leave them wide open because they'll hit their shots. Right. Uh, you know, I, th- I think back to the finals that, that we won. You know, we dominated the boards and we walked the ball up the court. We didn't try to out-warriors the Warriors. We didn't try to beat okay. them at their own game because you can't. 
And yeah. I, that was one of the things that always made me scratch my head last season is why are we trying to out warriors, the warriors, they're the yeah. best at what they do. Exactly. And, and LeBron James led teams traditionally play with a slower pace. Yeah. So when it comes down to where he has, he's got the ball every possession pretty much that's, that's, he has to dictate that pace and it, it'd be a slowed down game because like you said, you, you can't, you're not going to outscore them guys. Yep. But I, I think, I think yeah. though, especially that if for the Cavs, they could, if they could attack them when you have Clay and Draymond in the game, if, if our bench is really going to be one of our, one of our strong points, then that's when we need to really make our move because yeah. Draymond is, is definitely a lesser, he's a great player, but he's a lesser player when he doesn't have Steph Curry and Kevin Durant around him. Mm-hmm. So when he's out there as a focal point with just Clay, the Cavs really need to be able to attack him and, they did for about three quarters yesterday, and that fourth quarter was just, man, it was, it was bad. Yeah. So what do you think this game does to the Cavs' psyche? I mean, we've been kind of a losing streak. We've lost uh, five of the last six, two of the last uh, – we're two and eight in the last ten. Like, how, what is this – does this continue that, oh, man, the Cavs are in trouble, or are there positive takeaways from this game? Um, I think that they could definitely marginalize it and look at the first half and – I understand that they did have some success against that team, but once they watch the film and it gets into the second half and the the negative will definitely stick with them. And that's just something that they're going to have to learn from and move on with. Yeah. So obviously the, the national media has picked up on the Cavs troubles lately. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we are uh, one in four in our last uh, five. We've lost five out of the last six and we're two and eight over our last 10. Um, what, what were some of those trends, Cameron, that, that you've noticed in these games uh, that kind of carried over to this Warriors game? Well, first off, one of the first things I look at is, I mean, in November when that we started that streak, we were, uh, we were 12-3 and three in the month of November, mm-hmm. 10 straight wins to end the month, and we were averaging 114 points per game. Yeah. So in December it drops to 108, and January it drops to 106 points per game so far in seven games this month. Mm-hmm. Um, what's even more alarming to me is that we have guys who can shoot the ball all over the field or all over the floor, and um, but they're just not. I mean, Jay Crowder in seven games in January, 23% from three. J.R. Smith, 26%. Isaiah Thomas, granted he's just coming back, but 23% from three. And even LeBron, 27% from three in this month. Mm-hmm. Um, to go along, Kevin Love is down from 47 to 41, which is still great, but Kyle Korver's been the only one who's been steady at 44% this month. Um, a lot of times in the NBA, too, it's just a make-or-miss league. So yeah. if you're going to shoot that bad, those are almost uh, you tell the guy not to shoot three-pointers anymore type numbers. That's Yeah, well, you know, I think this losing streak and this kind of – doldrum has been kind of alarming you know we've seen losses by 14 28 34 it's not like these are close games i mean the Cavs are getting outplayed they're getting um ran off off the court um you know and that can get coaches fired that can get players traded um that before yep i mean so was a lot was this loss to the warriors like those other losses uh, you don't I, you, you never want to like think that, but looking, I mean, knowing that it has happened before, it does seem a lot like it. However, though, when Coach Black got fired, the Cavs were definitely struggling and then had lost to the Warriors at home by like, it was, I think, 132 to 98. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't quite the loss that it was yesterday, but 
still, anytime you lose to that team, knowing how much everyone wants to beat them, it just weighs so much on, on the organization, regardless if it's a regular season game in January. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it is tough to look at it like, like that, but that's, that's how the team has to look at it and move on. However, though, like you, you were saying, with the, with the blowout losses, the, it was the first time LeBron had ever lost back-to-back games by 25 points. Yeah. And I always say now, at, at this point in his career, 15, 15 years in, anytime something happens for the first time in his career, it's definitely noteworthy, whether good or bad. Yeah. You know? I mean, as many games as that guy's played, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to see, see things happen for the first time ever to him again. Yep. Which which team do you think the Cavs are more like? Are we more like the team in November? Or are we more like the team in January? It, it, you have to say the team in November. They just have too much talent. The roster, mm-hmm. it's one of the highest paid rosters in NBA history. But you also have, I mean, you have Hall of Famers even on this team. You got three, granted Dwayne Wade's past his prime, but you got, you got LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, two guaranteed Hall of Famers, Kevin Love, All-Star, Isaiah Thomas, all-star, Kyle Korver, one of the best shooters of all time. You have players. There's no way this team, even even if someone would argue that they're not a championship contender, they're not a two-and-five team in a month that gets blown out by 25 in back-to-back games. It's There's yeah. no way. Yep. So probably somewhere in, in between the two, uh, more, more realistically. Do you I feel like, and just kind of wrap up on this segment here, do you feel like the team is worried about their play the last this month or I mean I don't I know LeBron they had like that film session and all that stuff but do do you feel like they they feel the the gravity of what's going on here I I would have to I would have to say slightly I mean you you see and you hear what's going on but again with their backs against the wall if you really had to test them they I I think that they would have the confidence in themselves that they could go out and beat any team in any series no matter the home court advantage at all. You, like I said, you got LeBron James on your team. Yeah. There's nobody that he thinks is beating him. You know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, hopefully here that this, uh, this week's slate of games, the Cavs turn it around. I want to turn it to uh, another segment in our show called Stat of the Week, where Cameron and I kind of pull really unique stats just from around the league and kind of share those and kind of help, help give you guys the pulse of the league. Uh, one of the st- stats that I wanted to point out were – um, league-wide total three-pointers made and total three-point percentage. And looking at this list, the Houston Rockets topped the list with the most three-pointers made in the league with 661. Uh, the Nets uh, are really uh, in second with 522. So the Rockets have made 139 uh, more threes <laughs> wow. than yeah. anyone else in the league. Uh, so then we have the Nets and then the Cavs, Mavs, and Warriors at five. 20, 519 to 517. But what's interesting, Cameron, is you go over to percentage. The Golden State Warriors are leading the league in percentage at 38.8. And looking at that list, uh, we have the Pacers, Pistons, Hawks, and Nets running out the top five. So the Rockets and the Cavs are nowhere near um, that, that top five. And I think that just speaks to how efficient the Warriors are. And like literally, you have to play perfect i think it speaks to the spacing that they create the open looks they get and how unselfish that team is that they don't really care who scores if they have the hot hand they're going to feed them you know absolutely they got a couple of the best shooters ever as well yep any any open look to them is that's pretty much a layup 
So Brooklyn Nets, though, I can't believe that. Yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. Uh, so kind of make a couple less for us, you know? Right. So to kind of bring this back, Cameron, your opinion: Can the Rockets out Warriors the Warriors? I I don't see it, but again, anything can happen. That's why they play the games, you know. Anything. I mean, these these guys can get hurt. Knock on wood. And you don't want to see that, but anybody, anything can happen. And if you do have that type of shooting ability, who knows? The guys can get hot for four games, and their guys can be in a slump for four games. And it it's not likely, but you never know. Yep. Uh, what's your stat, man? I I have to go with. Uh, this is guy's always been one of like my random favorite players, guy to play with on 2K. Came out of high school, came in with Allen Iverson. Uh, he was like his rookie, Lou Williams, with uh, 50 at Golden State. Look, we've talked about them a lot today, but I mean, us and then them are like the center of the NBA. But Lou Williams with 16 out of 27, eight three pointers, 50, 27 in the third quarter. Uh, Clippers were on a losing streak. He goes into Oracle and has 50. That's, uh, that's very noteworthy. But also want to uh, honorable mention to Anthony Davis as well, 48 and 17 in the garden. That's Anytime you see big stat numbers like that, it, that's kind of always opens my eyes. 48 and 17 is a hell of a game. Yep. This is uh, week 14, and uh, we're, we're one game into a three-game slate for the Cavs. Uh, our next game is Thursday night at 7 p.m. Tip-off is at the queue. The Orlando Magic's coming to town, uh, which actually was uh, our one win. If you go back uh, in our last six games, we, we beat the Magic a couple a week and a half ago or yeah. so. And, and our third game in, in the three-game slate for week 14 is Saturday afternoon, a, a pretty great matchup, 3.30 at home against the Thunder. The Cavs just got done with a kind of little uh, road trip, so they get two, three home games this week. Um, and uh, that, that's a pretty good matchup. Cameron, what will the Cavs be looking to work on this, uh, the rest of this week's slate? And um, what do you kind of expect to see happen? I, um, I think that – I hope that we can just outclass the Magic. To be honest, I don't think that the Cavs are going to – if they beat Orlando 130 to 100, it's not going to be everything secured game. But I would like to think that they can use that game kind of as a stepping stool to try and test themselves on Saturday against what's definitely definitely uh, a very good team in the NBA. It's a good matchup on national TV. I mean, you got to be able to get up for that. So I, I would like to see them um, just come out against Orlando and, and play as hard as they can, try and use it as a stepping stool into Saturday. Um, will the Cavs beat the Magic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, if, if they don't – if we don't beat Orlando at home, then there really might be some problems. <laughs> uh, what would it take to, uh, for us to see a major change on the team? Well, ju- judging by our history, I think that a trade is inevitable. You know, every single year there's always been something that's happened where I, you know, you kind of end up like, how in the world did we end up with J.R. Smith and Mozgov and Mozgov? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or yeah. how in the world did we trade Kyrie to the Celtics? I mean, anything happens. I think with the way that this is going right now, uh, there's if I had, if I were putting money on the table, there's no way that things will stay the same. Yeah. Uh, will the Cavs beat the Thunder? Yeah, I think so because it's at home. Yeah. Yep. If it was a road game, it would be tough. But at this point, I would. 
I would like to see him be able to beat a good a good playoff team at home. You know, kind of yeah. calm yeah. calm everybody down a little bit. Um, if it even if it has to be, I'd like to see it be a LeBron game where he just kind of comes out and yeah sets the tone and yeah. isn't as much of a distributor in the beginning like he usually tries to be. Yeah, you know, I think this Magic game is crucial, man. I think uh, we we need a big win. We need to see uh, Isaiah get going. Uh, I think this is a game that we really try to see uh, him have one of his marquee Isaiah Thomas games. Yeah, because uh, we need him against the Thunder. We need uh, like a win against the Thunder would really kind of help right the ship. I think right. not that the ship is sinking, but man, if we lose to the Magic, lose to the Thunder, and go into Week 15, uh, you know. That's it's tough. Yeah, I think yeah. we just need to continue to just integrate the pieces. Honestly, like yeah. Isaiah, just him coming in yesterday, he needs to get his legs back. He had a couple shots where a couple driving layups where I couldn't believe he left it short. He didn't make it. Yeah. He just, his timing, his rhythm. Yeah. He, he needs give him a good fifteen games in. Let him have like a full month of NBA season, and yeah. we'll see how this should, should go. But other than that. It's it's just effort, you know, playing defense, trying hard, making sure you rotate, giving sacrificing your body, taking a charge here and there. You, it's you got to really, really want it. Yep. Uh, let's uh, wrap things up here with our final segment with around the East, where we look at the tiers of the teams and kind of see who are the contenders, who are the pretenders, and who's just kind of wading water here. Um, so so right now, Cameron, uh, who, who who's in the top tier in the East? Like who are legit? like can come out of the east i think it's us as us by default at this point because mm-hmm. we we do have lebron james and he's been to seven straight finals so until yeah. somebody dethrones him pretty he's he's the tier of the east so well i mean the Cavs are then the tier of the east yeah. but the celtics are definitely right there i mean with what they've been able to do this season you can't it's, it's we're over half the season now you can't it's not a fluke anymore you can't yeah can't deny what they've been doing they they're definitely will have home court advantage over us I don't see us overtaking them in the standings yeah um so that definitely raises the threat slightly uh everybody on that team knows their role they just play really well as a team definitely credit to their head coach um Jason Tatum how about him he's amazing yeah man the league in three point percentage he's 46 percent already and the the and, longer this goes, the more of a genius Ainge looks with Fultz's yeah, issues and exactly exactly yeah. and it's just every, everybody fills in. And then, of course, you have Kyrie. We, we know how good he is. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely a threat because I think that the Cavs, they, they haven't had to beat this team in a series before. They've beat the Celtics before, but it was a totally different team, Total, like totally reconstructed team. So, you know, I, I kind of see it in three tiers. I see the, the Cavs and Celtics are uh, above, and be, above and beyond better than any other team in the East. Right. Um, and then I think below that, maybe maybe slightly below that, we do have the the Bucks and the Raptors kind of in their own tier. You know, honestly, I said this last year all the time. I think the only team that can physically match up and give LeBron trouble in the East is the Bucks. I think Giannis is yeah this whole another level of player, and we're yeah. seeing that this year. But um, like every time the Cavs play the Bucks, man, it's just like, gosh, that is a that's a, that's a tough game. I would not want to see them in a seven game series. They almost beat the Raptors last year, but but I do think the Raptors with their change of pace in the game and how they're using the arc, of, you know, effectively now. Like I think that's the like I know the the Bron owns Toronto and the Raptors and 
I don't even know if they've even won one or two games against them in the playoffs, but I think that kind of adds a different element. So I think the Bucks and the Raptors are in their own tier, like below the Cavs and the Celtics. But then below that, the third tier, you have teams that are scrappy, that are really playing above what they should be. You have the Pacers. Um, you know, the Wizards, you know, they're just not – they haven't really lived up to their potential. They should be in that second tier probably, yeah. um, but they're not. Um, Detroit, Miami, Charlotte. We got all these teams. Those teams I, like, I like Indiana. They're a tough team. Cavs always have trouble playing at Indiana too. It's, yeah. it's, it's always a tough place to play. Yep. Uh, Philadelphia is, is, is solid too. They got good young stars, but they're just key is they got to stay healthy. Yeah. If those guys can prove that they can stay healthy. Then yeah, it's it, you kind of have to wait and see with them. Yep. And you know, I think the Knicks, I would put the Knicks above Charlotte right now. I think the Knicks are playing better than, than the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the Knicks has as much as a joke and as much as uh, in the news for bad things that they have been as of late. They definitely got that that Porzingis pick right because he yep. is awesome. Yep. Well, uh, Cameron, any final thoughts here before we sign off? Um. Yeah, I mean the best the about the only positive thing I could say right now is the Cavs lost to the Warriors twice in 2016 in the regular season, fired the coach. And ended up somehow winning the title, being down three yeah. one. So, I think that's like real, what like real drama is being down three one in the finals. You know, I mean, granted, we've this is a struggle right now, and we got to get through it and get better. But you got to be, we got to be positive and try and see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though it's it is tough to see right now. Yep. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the Break. Send us an email at podcast at CavsOnTheBreak dot com, and you can follow Cameron on Twitter. Cameron, what's your Twitter handle? Just at Cameron Carlin. You can find me on Twitter at the Chase Smith. Thank you for downloading and listening. Mike Breen, take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.